Good morning, everyone. That's what I was told to say. Good morning, everyone. So, um, my name's Rod Bowman, for anybody that doesn't know me, and um, I've had the great privilege of serving on the Wednesday Evangelism Night team since February of this year. And uh, Pastor Pete just came, just asked me if I give a quick little update and also speak to you about something a little newer than that that we have running at Upway Baptist Church. Um, so on the uh, coffee cart side, uh, very excited uh, to be part of it as as mentioned, and what a great team. Uh, when Carolina and I first went out uh, February of this year, we didn't know we'd have anyone, and we had about half a dozen lovely people join us, and they've continued uh, to be part of the team. And it was a real blessing to me when I, I had a wee bit of an accident in uh, mid-June, and the team just kept going out. And so because of their faithfulness and because of God's love, we've been able to impact um, over 400 people uh, since the cart started in, in February. And I just think that's, a, that's just a, a tremendous example of the, the seeds and the sower, that parable. Um, we, we're just so thankful to be partnering with Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit on the street to try to share with people that Jesus loves them, even though their problems are so far bigger than many of us could ever imagine. So many things we just can't solve, but the beauty is we don't need to. God can. And... Uh, it's just been a privilege being part of that. Um, now, uh, we also have something relatively new, well, the last couple of months, um, starting at Upway Baptist, right after the Foothills Community Meal. So if you go there on a Monday at 5 o'clock, you can enjoy a beautiful meal put on by Foothills Community Care, um, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a really good meal. And you'll get, you'll see around 50 people from all different sorts of, of situations, all different walks of life. Um, and um, uh, Brother Luke and I one day show up there, and we really had this sense. We hadn't talked about it, and uh, we had this sense that, you know, we should, we should just start praying after the meeting. Maybe we should start a Bible study of some kind. And I said, Luke, what do you think of that? He goes, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And, um, and so we uh, had some discussions, and we showed up there on Monday night, and we just thought, let's just start. So it started with two of us right after the meal. We'd help clean up. Uh, from 6 to 6.30, and we go into the back room, and we just started praying. Real heart for the mountain. Uh, there's lots of darkness on the mountain. Uh, you know, when you think about the occult shops coming up and the churches closing down, uh, we're not okay with that, so we prayed along that line. Then we started praying into, you know, people that come to the meal. Many of them don't know Jesus, and they're dealing with all kinds of, of difficulties in their lives. It'd be so great to just have them come so we can pray for them. We can read God's Word together. So uh, it went from two people, and then it went to four people and six people, and we had up to 14 people, and now we got about a dozen that meet for prayer and Bible study right after the meal, uh, three of whom come from the meal. Um, and then another handful come from the Wednesday night evangelism. So when you talk to somebody and they're interested in learning more about God, they might have even given their hearts to God, then what do you do? Well, you can come to Upway on a Monday night, and we can walk through God's Word together. And uh, it's not a sermon. You know, people go, well, I've had a problem with the church. That's fine. We're not a church per se. We're just reading God's Word together. And so we've been going through the story of Joseph and I just love uh, Genesis chapter 50, and one of the key verses that sums the story up, 
Joseph says to his brothers after he's been restored and he's now ruler of Egypt, the very brothers that sold him into slavery are absolutely crushed to think that now their brother's the big boss and they think, what's going to happen? And Joseph says, don't be afraid. What you intended for harm, God intended for good and for the restoration and salvation of many. And it was through Joseph's faithfulness, in spite of being separated from his family for 20 years, that uh, despite that, God worked good and um, managed to use Joseph to save many because of the terrible famine that swept through the ancient world. So come along sometime. Um, and just before I close, I'd, I'd really appreciate to pray with you about this because um, we just have a real, a real burden to see people uh, come to know Jesus, read his word, and let the Holy Spirit teach them about him and his love for them. So if I could just have a quick word of prayer, and then I'll get off the stage. Dear God, I just thank you so much that you are faithful, even if we're not. I thank you, God, that you take broken stories, and you turn them into beautiful things. You specialize in things thought impossible. God, I just thank you for Foothills and the Community Care Program. I thank you for the partnership that runs at Upway Baptist, and I thank you for the conversations we've been able to have in the last year about partnering with the work that's happening there. God, I just ask that by your Spirit, you would draw people from the meal, that they would come and just sit with us. All we do is sit and read your word. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. I just pray that we'd see people who don't know you yet give the reins of their lives to you, the steering wheel to you, and allow you to drive them onto smooth paths by green pastures, by quiet waters, to find restoration for their souls. I thank you, God, that you love us. I thank you that your hand's extended to us and that you're calling us, and all we got to do is take hold of your hand and walk with you for a while. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would raise up people across this church who, who have that call, have that niggle in their minds that you want them to do something. I pray that you'd open their eyes up to what that is. Maybe it's to come along on a Wednesday night. Maybe it's to come along on a Monday night. Maybe it's to just lift people up in prayer during those hours when they know that teams are out there. God, I just pray that by your spirit, you'd raise our church up to take hold of the call you have on us. I thank you, God, that you love us and that you do amazing things even when we can't see it and that you're up to good all the time. I thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks, Rod. How exciting it is um, to hear about what's happening outside of the church, how God's moving in and through it. And uh, it doesn't stop there. Um, yesterday we had our Alpha morning away, uh, Holy Spirit morning, and we watched a couple of videos, who is the Holy Spirit and what's the, what's the work of the Holy Spirit do, and had some awesome prayer times. And uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because uh, we had a couple of our, our people that have been coming to Alpha uh, asked to be baptised. And so I'm sitting there going, Lord is good. God is, God is so, so good. So on the 10th of September, be excited because we're going to have a baptism service both morning and evening. There's already a, a bunch of people in the evening that are lined up to be baptised. Um, we have two people in the morning that are wanting to be baptised at the moment. We would, if you haven't been baptized and you think, I want to get on board with this. I want to get on board with what God's doing um, in, in yourself, but in and through the, the area and what God's doing uh, in this area for the kingdom. Um, come and see myself, see one of the leaders. We'd love to chat to you about baptism. Um, so, yeah, that would be amazing. Uh,
It's great to have Charlie Young with us this morning. Charlie, we look forward to hearing what you have to share with us and be encouraged by the ministry that you've been doing um, and the learning that you've been doing as well. So we look forward to hearing you. And I believe you're here again tonight. Is that right? Fantastic. So if you want to hear uh, Charlie speak twice, come along tonight at 5.30. Uh, it's nice to see Rob Heyman here. Rob's our area minister as well. Thanks for coming along, Rob. It's good to see you as well. After church today, we have our quarterly ministry conference uh, and a special church meeting, so please stick around. Uh, there is a, a light sort of feed after church, um, so don't go too far, otherwise you'll have to be brought back and rounded back in. We'd love you to stick around. If you're not a member, you are more than welcome to be a part of our meetings. We love having people here to hear what's going on in the life of church, to be encouraged by what's going on in the life of church as well. We are in the midst or at the end of our mission month. Can you believe August is already at the end and the final start next week? No, that's not why we finish our mission month. Um, just, just putting the Collingwood thing in there, just for one thing, because we've, we're up the top. We might as well say it. We're, we, elephant in the rooms and all that sort of stuff. Collingwood are on the top and we can't go anywhere apart from being on the top. Um, I might not be saying that in four weeks' time, but that's all right. So where was I? Ah, mission, mission month. Uh, <laughs> it's been a wonderful mission month, and I want to say thank you to our mission team. Um, we have Gordon, uh, Lynn, uh, Pam, and Keith. Is there one other person? Um, can you guys stand up? Because they've put together a wonderful, wonderful missions month. Um, Gordon, can you stand up? Pam, stand up, stand up, stand up. Lynn, where's Lynn? Oh, Lynn's out the back of the children's ministry. Um, and also Joe Tid. Is Joe here? So Joe Tid as well, because they've put a lot of work into this month in um, not just communicating with our missionaries, but making sure that uh, you are getting a, a, a real understanding of what, what we do, thinking beyond our church into other spaces through Missions Month. So um, can we just give a round of applause to these guys? We do have our wall of hope still up on the wall. Uh, if you haven't taken an envelope from the wall of hope, the wall of hope is just a way that we can give that little bit extra to our mission partners and to mission projects. So just grab an envelope off the wall um, that, that piques your interest. Um, you can either put cash in. You can still bring them back next week or the week after. That's okay. Or you can do it online. But you do have to put the envelope into the, um, the offering when it comes around as well. Um, so that's still available if you haven't been to the Wall of Hope. Please have a look at it and see what it looks like. Um, I'm going to invite Keith to come up. Keith's going to share a, a small part about uh, Gladesville Primary School. Keith goes there each week uh, into the school and um, we've been able to take the Two Sparrows van uh, in last month. We're going in again this week. So Keith, why don't you update us just a quickly about Gladesville. Thank you. Um, if you don't know where the Gladesville Primary School is, and I didn't know for a long time, Excuse me, you go up um, Liverpool Road, over Canterbury Road, and it's just behind the uh, Kilsyth basketball area. And they're a small school, and uh, but they do well. Sarah Bacco, who's a chaplain, is part of Scripture Union, and uh, she's there two days a week as the chaplain. And on a Friday, I am blessed, i got to tell you, to go to the breakfast club. I'm so blessed I have to get up at 6.30. And, uh, but it's good fun. And I tell you, what we, we, they, the kids come up and they get breakfast, they get cereals, they get toast, they get milk, milo, fruit. 
And it's interesting, we have special days where we make pancakes and where we make 40, in a half an hour, 40 toasted cheese sandwiches. Just the two of us. And not only do you get the kids coming to the breakfast club, but you get the teachers coming along as well. So we all enjoy it, but uh, it's a wonderful ministry that uh, we're involved with. We support Sarah financially as a, as a mission group, but it's a great thing that what they do, these chaplains, and I'd like you to encourage and pray for them. Thank you, Keith. Um, we've also got Richie Gordon, who is at the Basin Primary School. So keep praying for Richie and the work. He's been there for well over 10 years now. So keep praying for the work that he does there um, as well. And um, we'll pray for them in a short while. Uh, before we uh, get any further into our service, we're going to take up our offering. Um, let me pray as we prepare for that. And if you're online, you can uh, give also through our website, through the bank accounts as well. Let me pray. Our Lord and God, we give you thanks and praise that uh, there's plenty of stuff going on in this church. Um, lots of exciting things, lots of things we can see uh, that is building your kingdom. But we pray now that as we give, it may be given as an offering back to you for all the good, all the blessings that you've given to us. May we give out of hearts that are, are willing to see your kingdom grow in and through this area. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we please have our offering? David and uh, thanks Eric for oh, a beautiful um, way of being able to ex uh, worship while we uh, give as well. If uh, you're having a look on the screen you'll see all the different things that are going on. Please have a check out at our notice board. Lots of things going on in the church as well. Let's come to a time of prayer. 
Our Lord and God, as we've been thinking about mission, Lord, we first acknowledge that you came down to earth as a human in Jesus, that the mission of you is that we be able to have community with you. And Lord, we give you thanks that through Jesus we have that right. Lord, we can't do it on our own, but we can through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for those who have been called out, those who have been called to be alongside others, people from this church who are walking with neighbours, people in this church who go out on a Wednesday night and share the, the gospel with those who don't know, uh, people from this church who walk into their workplaces and live a life that is different. We thank you for them. Lord, we thank you for those who have been called to, to, to move uh, into their vocation of mission as well. And this morning we want to play for Richard and Sarah as chaplains at the two local schools here. We give you thanks and praise for them. Thanks for the, the work they do in coming alongside teachers and students. The, the, the work that sometimes feels like it can be uh, a, a bit of a slog um, when there's no recognition. I pray you give them encouragement that every day they are making an impact and a difference for you. Lord, I pray for our Two Sparrows uh, coffee van and the school's ministries that are happening on Wednesday and Friday. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they may be times for the teams that go in to be able to engage with the school in a new way, with teachers and with students. We pray for Keely Chan, our Two Sparrows manager, and ask your blessing over her as she seeks to build relationships with those in the community as well. Lord, we thank you for uh, the Alpha weekend, our Alpha day morning we had yesterday. I thank you for the community that's been built through Alpha. And Lord Jesus, we pray for um, that group as we uh, continue to build and to get to know who you are through those videos. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we pray for the Swinnertons. We give you thanks and praise uh, for their mission and ministry into university life. Uh, for all the things that they're producing and the stuff that we heard last week around what they're doing. Lord, what a blessing that is and what an uh, encouragement it is to know that um, Power to Change are making a big impact within universities across Australia. Lord, we pray for Ryan and Susie Smith uh, and their, their work in, uh, East Africa, uh, in East Asia. And Lord, we ask that you just keep them safe, secure, as they continue to learn language, as they continue to seek to, to build up uh, their teams. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you just give them uh, a continued, renewed sense of your mission and purpose uh, as they seek to uh, serve you. So we give you thanks for all our missionaries. We thank you um, that today we have Charlie to speak, and we pray that we may be encouraged by what you've put in her heart to speak to us about. So we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite Adele forward and she's going to uh, share uh, the reading with us. A reading from Isaiah 50, verses 3 to 5. Thanks, Adele. morning. So we're reading from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 3 to 5. 
I clothe the sky with darkness and make sackcloth its covering. The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. The Sovereign Lord has opened my ears and I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. So it's a great delight to welcome you, Charlie. It's so good to have you with us and we're looking forward to your message. Um, Charlie is a long-term mission partner of KSBC um, and she works with InterServe, uh, wholeheartedly following Jesus and serving in that way. A um, couple of months ago, Charlie returned from 10 months in the US where she was on assignment as a global partner um, at the Overseas Mission Centre at Princeton Theological College. And before you um, bring your message, Charlie, would you perhaps like to share a couple of special... Um, encounters that you had or just really blessed moments that'd be great yeah good morning so good to be back here i still remember i stood here in 2005 before i went to the mission field yes thanks pan um yeah so it's so great to be back here um she asked me a couple of things right in the last year um well, I just came back about uh, for over a month and uh, still still take time to reflect what happened last year. But a um, um, couple of highlights. Well, uh, what I appreciate the most at Princeton is the world-class library. <laughs> I spent a lot of time there writing theological books, Bible commentaries. You see some of my books um, in the front in um, in the foyer later, um, um, and also produced some uh, uh, video um, for prayers. And uh, I'm going to show you one at the end of the service after I finish. Um, but uh, the highlights, um, one is, um, I'm, I'm really encouraged earlier to hear someone you doing the outreach in Upwell, Upway, right? Upway. Um, I was doing the same thing on the other part of the world uh, with uh, international students. Every Friday night, we sit with um, our students. Many of them are PhD master students from um, Princeton. Um, actually, there are 500 PhD students from mainland China doing PhD at Princeton. It's a huge mission field, I could tell you that. So every weekend we sit with them and uh, just do Discovery Bible and just not about what we can do, but just listen 
and uh, let the spirit to work and just see God works. Like we had the New Year outreach, over a hundred students came, and uh, um, God's doing amazing thing there. Another ministry I was involved um, uh, while I was there is um, I go to nursing home uh, to every uh, week. Weekend after church on Sunday, we visit a nursing home, and many of the um, elderly got Alzheimer's, suffer from Alzheimer's. Every time we go there, um, even they don't remember things cognitively, but when we uh, sit with them and, uh, and just sing songs, and they become awakened, like almost like the spirit become alive. And but um, there is about young nurse working there, and uh, I've been sharing the gospel with him. He's a bit antagonistic and uh, um, uh, frustrated also with the elderly. Um, last time I went there, the, my last visit, I um, went there and he said, what are you doing here again? I said, I'm coming to pray for them. Is that okay? He said, you must I say, why? And he said, we had four elderly just passed away this week. And uh, the spiritual stuff is real. <laughs> and you must pray for them. And uh, so, of course, we pray and I preach. We partner with um, another Korean pastor, female pastor. We're both female pastors. She preaching English. Here I am preaching Chinese. And with our sermon notes, <laughs> so we always got a message. Um, so... We shared, and, uh, but the, that nurse, I see the change. And he said to me, Shirley, you must come back. Uh, uh, travel is so easy these days, and we'll miss you. So, you know, it's just uh, see God at work. Um, he never stopped working. Amen? So I'm so good um, to be back here. And uh, um, every time I think of your church, um, I always am re reminded uh, Ephesians 1, uh, Paul's prayer uh, for the Ephesians church. He said, Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. And that's my prayer for you, special folks from uh, Kyosai South. Uh, you have a very special place in my heart. Uh, be my long-term faithful partners in the gospel. So I keep asking our God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, alongside with Paul and many others as I pray for you. God, Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray and I pray now, the eyes of our hearts, your heart, my heart, may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen. Okay, I'm here to talk about global mission, right? So when we talk about global mission, I don't know what you think of. First thing people in the evangelical churches is the Great Commission, right? So what's the Great Commission says? 
go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Matthew 28. So the disciples are both called and sent. Disciples are being baptized, taught, and formed, and also making other disciples to be baptized, to be formed, to be sent, to be taught, and therefore changing the world. So when we talk about global mission, mission is inseparable from our calling and formation as disciples. However, many of us compartmentalize mission. Um, we think about mission in people's minds. We think, oh, mission event. That mission department belongs to those few special people. And we think about programs. We have a special August month. That's mission month. When we think about, you know, we have a you know, fundraising event. That's a mission. So various things we do for mission. But the truth is, following Jesus, I believe, is fundamentally who we are. Not about just what we do. What we do has got to be overflow from who we are. And who we are is about hearing from God and be formed by God by faith and obedience. So, how do we hear our calling and be formed as disciples of Jesus Christ? Now, this is discipleship. Making disciples, our great commission, right? Discipleship 101 is hear from God and obey. Hear from God and obey. The truth is that today we often hear God um, uh, we often don't hear God, right? We don't hear God in the first place because we live in a world constantly filled with noises. Technology, business, rise of living expenses and various demand of life, not to mention wars, right? Right now, still happening. Every day we see on TV, um, the pandemics, um, we think this is post-pandemics, but... People still dying from, uh, you know, from, from COVID. And there's still racial injustice, still global warmings, various things we happen. And today's church and institutions are also experiencing this post-pandemic crisis. And, well, maybe the crisis was there before, but uh, the pandemic exposed many hidden issues. And we see church attendance became plateaued, um, not Q-size house, but we see so many, it's true, um, people are leaving church. And now young people lost confidence in church and institutions. We hear rampant politics, scandals, and abuse within the church wall. Even God's people are squeezed to the worldly model of growing disciples by trying to do things in our own way or in the very worldly ways. As children of God, we are groaning and crying for liberation. 
together with the rest of the creation. When there are so many noises in our world, economically, environmentally, politically, culturally, and racially, the whole cosmos is lamenting in great pain. Are you hearing that? How are you hearing? How are you listening? What exactly are we listening? So today we talk about mission. How are we listening and reimagining mission in such a way that really brings about transformative power as Jesus promised to all his people? What are the ways, characteristics of deep listening and reimagining that we embody as Christ followers. So today I want to share with you how to cultivate the art of listening and reimagining global mission by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to share with you three key aspects, the verbal, the body, and the silence. When we pay attention to listen collectively, to who God is and what God is doing in the world, then we can ultimately participate in the global mission of God in this broken and divided and polarized world. Firstly, let me share some intercultural wisdom. Ancient wisdom in different traditions offer us endless treasure in the art of listening and reimagining. I don't know whether we have uh, First Nation people in our midst, but uh, um, I think Australian Aboriginal communities have long learned and practiced the importance of listening, sitting, listening, and knowing. The Senior Australian of the Year 2021, Muriel Rose Oma, what do you call Agama, speaks of tap into that deep water, tap into the deep spring that's within us. So I don't know how to say that uh, particular language, but it's the name of her tribe. Uh, Nagikuranku is the name of her tribe, meaning deep water sounds. So Aboriginals, since ancient time, they learned to hold this waiting posture of listening till the deep spring wells up from within. So this is a kind of listening. I mean, I, I, I love to see the At the moment in the um, Loom uh, Museum, you can see a lot of Aboriginal arts. I love the arts, you know, they sit, the, the symbols, and sit together and listen. And this is embodied with that kind of patient listening, sitting, looking, understanding, to seek not just knowledge, but wisdom of everyday living. Now, I'm from the Chinese heritage. Ancient Chinese have learned this too, this engagement of four, five composite elements form this holistic embodiment of listening. So that's the Chinese word, ting. If you see that, I don't know whether you can you see clearly. Yeah, it's got the ears to hear and mind to think, eyes to see, and with hearts to feel and undivided 
attention. And that's the word meaning listening. So this offers this constructive model that made up of these five elements. This is a fully embodied listening requires, uh, that requires respect and honor towards the other while putting aside one's own prejudice, presuppositions, and projection. It requires one to stand under the other to gain understanding and not to stand over to have over-understanding, right? That's the word understanding. Listening is therefore an act of humility, vulnerability, and patience. First and most prerequisite of many forms of mission, global or local or global, whatever you call that. So these are the intercultural wisdom. So I'd like to share with you firstly is listening to the verbal. We evangelicals are familiar with the notion of listening through the word of God due to our unwavering commitment to the inspired scripture. However, other tradition, I don't know whether you heard of this, Lectia Divina, meaning divine reading. And this is an ancient method of reading the word prayfully and slowly and can facilitate one to gaze upon the loving God and enter into the imaginative and the deeper communion with the living God. Um, we heard about the Eugene Peterson. He wrote a book called Eat This Book, and he specially introduced Lectia Divina, this ancient uh, tradition of reading the Bible. This contemplative engagement with the scripture allows one to read the word, but more importantly, not just we read the word, but allow the word to read us and respond to God with our deepest yearnings. So, for example, the inflation and the rising cost of living are impacting many Australian families right now. You feel that? When I came back and I realized before I left a year over a year ago, it was um, the petrol price was 160, was high, and now it's jumped to over 200, right? I know a lot of families are struggling and with anxiety and fear and the turbulence of the world events. I mean, it's just the simple difficulties of living life and challenges in life. Uh, that could be likened, as we read the scripture, to the storm of the disciples experienced on the Sea of Galilee in Mark 4, 35 to 41. But if we imagine ourselves, right, activating our imagination, if we do that, we can ask where we are and where God is in the midst of the wind and raging waters. Are we panic? Are we frantically crying like the disciples, trying to figure things out? Or are we calling out in faith or desperation to the Master, Jesus Christ? Doesn't God care? 
Can't you see my struggle? Don't you know every day, my and my family struggles. What we all about? Do you know? Don't you care? If we have that honest conversation with God, and that might be a possibility to open up our hearts to be transformed by God through by His grace, by His transformative power. Imagination and engage with the Scripture. I mean, there is a very good app. Some of you may already use. Uh, it's the uh, Lectia three. 365, um, very good act if you want to start to learn to practice that. We humans have the tendency to speak more than listening because we want to get our points across, right? Um, missionaries are sent out to preach the good news, right? That's why you send Charlie out to preach the good news. But could our listening be the first expression of love as a witness to others, especially the marginalized, the voiceless, and the vulnerable. Mission must emerge out of that deep sense of listening and imagining in local soil, both among ourselves and with those we serve cross-culturally. So the Word of God verbally. We also listen to the voices of people we are with, listening to the others. Um, over the years, I've traveled to many places, and everywhere I go, people tend to, what? Want you to preach and to speak. But I have learned to learn to become the listener first, before I start to speak. And listen, not just their words, but also what they're exactly trying to say. Their primary concerns, the deep yearnings in their hearts, their cries for acceptance and love. Another verbal we need to hear is the voice of our self-talk. Often, we neglected this self-talk, right? We hear the Word of God, we hear others, but we're actually constantly talking to ourselves. Self-talk feeds our identity. The self-chatter behind the scenes can either trap us into the temptation of self-rejection or compulsion, or lift us up to the life-giving path. Right now, what are you saying to yourself? Maybe they simply need to be heard and brought to the surface with another trusted friends or pastors or counselors. When our inner voices are unearthed before a living God, we can name, discern, and respond by the empowerment of the Spirit. Now I want to us to pause for a moment and I want to invite you to reflect what kind of verbal you have been listening. Just a moment, um, just for a moment of silence. <laughs> 
Let me to move to the next session, listening to the body. Listening to verbal actually goes hand in hand with listening to the body. Unfortunately, these days, people can hide behind Zoom cameras and or phones, right? The human body, in fact, is very sacred. And it's a holy and holy place in Christ. It is not just an object or a person or a subject. It is a vehicle in which the spirit carries itself, like a canvas to a painter or words to a poet. So touch your body, touch your body. Say, I'm here. I carry the spirit of God. Let's do that. You carry a body. I carry the spirit of God. And listening to our body is indispensable understanding in order to honor and dignify ourselves and others. In Jesus' ministry, he heard the people's heartfelt cries and discerned their faith by observing their physical actions. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he listened to the body language of his disciples, sleeping and saw their eyes were heavy and therefore discerned their weak flesh. He also listened to the body language of his opponents to discern the matters of their hearts. And there's a picture there. The four friends carry the sick friend, sick friend right, down from the roof. And Jesus saw their action and Jesus responded. The body speaks. And people often experience bodily fatigue and exhaustion when they work tirelessly, even those in ministry who work in the name of Christ. I see that a lot. Particularly when I travel and minister to Christian leaders and pastors, um, and when they come to a retreat, you know what they do? They sleep. You got to look after your pastor. Make sure you do that. They have pay attention. If I say, if they pay attention to the important signals of the body, many episodes of burned out could have been avoided at the earliest stage. When engaging in local ministry or global mission, our physical presence embodies the presence of God, not just being human, one with the other, right? In, it, it's not just being, it's one with the other, like the incarnation. It's act of incarnation. So the deep consciousness can be brought to the surface through the body and the tangible touch of God can be experienced. For example, people say, these days you just do Zoom call, right? You just do online. And, but the thing is, it's different when you are with the people in person, right? We know that. When we gather here as a community of God's people, you become not just one-dimensional being. You are three-dimensional, even multi-dimensional, right? Body, 
makes the difference. So listening to the body can be extended also to the whole, not just the body, right? That's the exhaustion body, but human body. It can also extend to the whole creation. I love to walk along the beach in the forest. And uh, Australia is a beautiful country. And I don't know whether you commune with the creation. I think creation can teach us so much. Martin Luther claimed that God writes the gospel not in the Bible alone, but on trees, flowers, clouds, and stars. Indigenous people have a great deal to teach us about this whole creation, the redemptive work for the whole creation, rather than solely for individual souls. Now, our evangelical tradition insists on the important commandment of preaching to all nations and all creations, right? But can we also allow God's creation to preach to us as we sit and listen in the great, in Calvin, John Calvin's words, theater of God's glory? I hope to show you a little video clip uh, in the end when um, that's how we allow God, uh, the creator of the universe, to love upon us through creation, so we can become awakened, attuned, and alive again, and love God and others in return. You know, in the Bible it says, we love because we are loved first, right? Because God loved us first. He loved us also through his beautiful creation. Why don't we have a pause too? I'd like you to uh, listen to your body right now. Can we just have a moment of silence and just notice what's happening in your body? Can we just close our eyes? Are there any pain or fatigue or soreness in your body? Or are there any good things happening in your body? Sense of excitement, sense of joy. And maybe there's certain parts of your body you like to touch with your hand right now and speak softly to that place. With God's love, or simply invite God. Say, God, would you touch that place? I need you in that part of my body or in my whole body. I need your healing. I need your restoration. And maybe you need to apologize to part of your body. Say, I'm sorry, I neglected you. I overused you. Sorry, I didn't take care of you. And then whisper and speak the love of God over your body.
And that take me to the next session, the silence. I don't know how you feel in that moment of silence. Maybe you're not used to in the church gathering. We are not comfortable with silence. Our gatherings are often filled with noises, sounds, words, activities. Maybe this is an invitation that we can cultivate some moment of silence together. Because silence is an important language and communication of God's love. God's silence doesn't mean God is, doesn't speak. In fact, God speaks loudly in the silence. It can be the very pregnant pause indeed before the birth of a new era or surprising breakthrough. First Samuel records the incident where God did speak, but it took the young Samuel to hear God only at the fourth time. Remember? After a long pause, those who waited patiently for the arrival of Messiah, such as Simeon and Anna, did hear God speaking in their communion. When the subscribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery and questioned Jesus, they would have been wondering what Jesus was writing on the ground and trying to communicate in silence. There were two powerful pauses in that scripture. That become the very silent moments that invite the accusers to become aware of their own sinful lives and hence withdrew their fingers um, that pointing to the other woman. So, as we gather and listen together, are we listening to God in a new way, in a new season? With all our questions and doubts, the silence of God may lead us into communion with God, who stands with us in all our suffering and who brings comfort to the weeping, who rejoices with us in our breakthroughs. When God comes to us in silence, can we capture his revelation well, just as when God comes to us in words. Sometimes the best response is to give it a shape through stories, poems, or pictures. Maybe it's precisely in the silent space that our reimagination can soar and engage in global mission in fresh new ways, become Jesus' followers, to be formed and become. So, the silence of God. And we also need to listen to the silence of space. Now, when we listen to the silence of spaces, the wind of the Spirit may fly high in everyday life. You see, the negative space of a painting or architecture makes a content full 
not empty. The silent space flows from the surface towards the viewers for them to interpret and I found words, right? Particularly some Asian painting you can see and some Japanese painting and Chinese painting. But even musicians, the pause, that very moment is vital for the whole orchestra to make their point. So the pauses occurring in this art take us from the familiar world to another unmanifested world. Without the space, we cannot have the shape or the unspeakable truth. The internal silence, Selah, we found in the poetical books of the Hebrew Bible. Although the um, Septuagint renders the word by divisions, um, but it means a meditative pause, a suspension to stop, wake up, listen. So wait in the silence between exchanges while speaking to another. We try to receive the impact of the other person's words. The pause to reverend the sacredness of another, their thoughts and feelings, allows us to chew and eat the message. The silent kinosis, which is a Greek word, the emptiness of Christ. He emptied himself to become one of us. And this silent presence of God allows us to be also as empty broken, open vessel, ready to receive God's abundant life, a place where our new self, the new creation, resides. Can we just have a one moment of silence right now? i just give you space. In that silent time, what do you hear? Or do you still hear the chatter of the noise or what Shelley's voice what do you hear? I just give you that moment. Just take, pay attention and receive them. Don't reject them. Don't push it away. Just receive them. So friends, let us encourage each other to listen deeply, discern wisely, and reimagine creatively in a polycentric and polyvocal mission of God today. 
And as we embody this sacrificial love and by joining together in listening before the eternal and the living listener. Do you know God is the great listener with L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R? We can witness the empowerment of God's spirit in us, through us, in this chaotic world. And this is deep discipleship on the move as we imagine global mission together. I have a small video clip I'd like to share with you, um, and I'll leave you in that place. <laughs>